This is the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Hiya, it's Mark here, back with another episode of the Clonmel Podcast for this Friday, the 9th of July. We're on episode 45. Quick old week, wasn't it? I find these Fridays are really coming around very, very quickly. How was your week? I know we celebrated World Chocolate Day. I think it was on Wednesday. Did you overindulge in chocolate? I know I did. It was an excuse to do that, wasn't it? It really, really was. We also found out that Tip will take on Limerick in the Munster Hurling Final. Come on, Tip. And also, well done to the under-20 Tip footballers who beat Limerick last night in the Munster Championships. Moran's Bar in Parnell Street opened their outside area this week, which was great to see. Hmm, water was off again this week in certain parts of the town. Hope you weren't affected there. I know quite a few people were. The Junction Arts Festival is now in full swing. Let's make the most of this and hope you are enjoying it too. It's on until Sunday the 11th. And for a full list of events to what's happening over the weekend, go to junctionfestival.com. By the way, love the street art around parts of the town. Looks amazing. Did you see this? Well done to all involved there. Congratulations too to Joanna Herlihy from JL Designs in town, who's won a Network Island Tipperary's Businesswoman of the Year award in the creative professional category. Congratulations. And also a big well done to everyone who raised money for the Southeastern Mountain Rescue based here in Clonmel. I think five grand was raised there. And there was so much talk during the week about the England football team beating Denmark and now the final on Sunday. Forget about all the European championships. What about the Clonmel Town under 12 girls team who beat Peak Villa 6-1 during the week? 6-1 with goals from Lucy Morris who got four and Lauren Connolly who got two. That's what we call a score and no doubt that was some game. All right, what's coming up this week on the Clomwell Podcast, I hear you ask. Well, it's one of my favourite features. I love this every month. It's our wild geese feature, Clomwell's Wild Geese, where I chat to people from the town who have moved away. This month, it's Biancani Drive's Bianca Canan. Also, Smiranda Meyer from the Pastry Studio tells us about her business. A golf classic from the Clomwell Rugby Club. The Clomwell Soup Kitchen. What's on at the cinema? And a brand new newspaper is launched. The Clonmel Podcast. But first, we always like to support new business here on the Clonmel Podcast. And last week I spoke to Smiranda Meyer from the Pastry Studio about hers. Welcome to the Clonmel Podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us about the Pastry Studio. What do you do there? Even though I can guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not too hard for uh, people to guess what they are doing. Um, so I do bake, um, I call myself an artisan baker Mm. because, uh, I do bake traditional, um, Irish products, but I gave them a twist, (laughs) a personal touch. Uh, I use a little bit of Romanian recipes in my pastries and, um, I tried to adapt whatever I knew people are loving and usually they pick in the shops but uh, I just try to personalize the product yeah I must admit I'm a big fan of the pastries uh, Smiranda as well so um, (laughs) (laughs) what type of a twist would you put on say something like a a, maybe a traditional croissant or donut or something like that no um, my my main products are pies Mm. And um, I I did the sausage rolls for a long uh, period of time, long, if I can say about my business, long period of time. 
for example, in the pies, uh, I really add uh, natural flavorings. So I decrease the amount of sugar because I'm not fan of this uh, ingredient. <laughs> but I have a sweet tooth, so I I had to to find a way to meet both. So I added uh, natural flavorings, and I've been asked by my customers, do you put a lot of sugar? Mm. I said, no, the opposite. And they said, "What? what's the secret? I said, okay, it's a secret, but uh, that's the secret. Let's reveal the secret. It is our natural ingredients. I use orange oils. I use vanilla, all natural, because I am obsessed to keep as much as possible natural ingredients. It all sounds very delicious. How long have you been in business? So I started to bake on, on the 27th of April. Uh, I started with two pies uh, in on a Thursday because my partner, Irish being, he encouraged me to um, to do it because obviously he benefited before of my uh, baking. And he said, you have skills, you have talent. Why do you not start doing something for yourself? Uh, the COVID situation, it helped me massively because I am a hard worker person. I am a, a very dedicated to what I'm doing and I was uh, in a job. But the COVID, being single mom with a, a 13 years of age son at that stage, uh, I couldn't go to work and commute to Waterford and uh, do my job. So obvious, I was at home after one week, two weeks, three weeks for cleaning house, doing all the business, I said, okay, I need to work. <laughs> so what I was thinking, I was thinking what I'm going to do, what I know to doing, like what I am confident is baking. Because I used to do that. I was to be with my mom in the kitchen and my grandmother since I was probably nine. That's, yeah. that's how far I can remember. Probably was a little bit earlier than that. But uh, And dessert, making from scratch, I don't know... Um, Probably it's a lot of information in one go, but I'm Romanian and um, we have a background in communism. And I was part of that. So for my first 10 years of my existence, existence, I was in communism and we didn't have food. Yeah. And talking about that in COVID related, I had a, a, someone who asked me, what are you afraid of not finding in the shop? because of the lockdown. And and I said, apart of flour, I am not afraid of anything. Like, once I have flour and I have myself, I can bake bread and food, and we keep ourselves together. Like I think your partner's a very lucky man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, yes, he says that, so I do believe him. <laughs> And do you supply your products to shops in town at all in Clonmel? Yes, I was extremely lucky because um, I uh, I went to uh, Apple Farm and they were my first stockist because they provide me with uh, supplies me with uh, apples and I use their apples and um, they were open to take my pies um, and then I went in town to Gourmet Butcher and they were. Extremely extremely supportive and helpful to take my... They were my first office, and then Martin's Food and Veg in Irish Town. And if people do want to buy from you, they can do that, can't they? 
Absolutely. So I have a great interaction with my customers and I built from scratch a good um, um, database of customers, you know, if followers. Hmm. And um, I, I say 70% of my followers are my customers or they were at some stage and I know probably they pick the products in regular basis in my stockist or they come straight to me. So social media, Facebook and Instagram lately are my best way to uh, where people can find me and I, they have all the updates there. This is great. And also I believe you're, you're moving on to more healthy produce too. Is that correct? Yes. I, I am a strong believer in we are what we eat. Oh, yes. 100%. This is my belief. Um, this is my sense of the business because people are coming to me and say, I'm feeling so well after I'm eating your product. I'm not feeling bloated. I'm not feeling sluggish. I'm not feeling tired like usually I do. Now, of course, I use flour. And what I did, and that's a main rule for me, I decreased the amount of white sugar as much as possible. Like people won't believe that I don't, I do not add sugar in my pastry. Not at all? Not a drop, not a crystal of sugar. Absolutely at all. Because the, from my point of view, and I did one year, I studied one year of nutrition here in Ireland, and I have a huge passion for healthy and eating healthy and properly. Um, I do believe that the sh- white sugar and refined sugar is the the biggest enemy for our health and for our body. It's hard for me as a baker to stick with my rules, with to stick with my principles because yes, people love donuts, love people love meringues, people love a lot of um, sweet things, but I do have to think of keeping people healthy because I I went. To a hard time myself in the last few weeks, and I noticed the medication wouldn't work until I cleaned my body. So after ten days of being on healthy diet, not any other particular diet, just eating healthy and clean, less processed foods. That's the main thing. What I did, then the medication started work because if the body isn't is affected by all our tiredness, overworking, and uh, a lot of processed food, obvious doesn't work properly. So need a restart. So based on that, um, I developed uh, in the last few months a free-from range. So we basically studio free-from range. We have uh, we are present present on in um, on Instagram and on Facebook. So on social media, we have. Uh, another page and this is plant-based baking baking it's un, un, it's not baking it's making food mm. because they are mainly raw or raw vegan it's a healthy approach of baking and having treats what are healthy and keeping everything in balance well, do you know what? It all sounds very delicious, healthy, or even traditional. The Pastry Studio is the place to go right now on social media and check everything out for yourself. So Miranda Mayer, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. You are very welcome. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Mark, for having me.
The Kloon Training and Enterprise Center are now open for enrollment. Their Employability Skills Program is a free training course designed to help learners obtain the skills to seek employment or continue further education. For more, go to the Kloon Restaurant and Training Center Facebook page. Best of luck to everyone taking part in tomorrow's Steve Demond Cycling Club's fundraiser in aid of Ashley. 300 kilometers, two wheels in one day. The Clonmel Rugby Club are holding a golf classic at the Clonmel Golf Club on Friday, the 23rd of July. Team of four is €200, Euros, food included. More details on the Clonmel Rugby Football Club Facebook page. The Indian Ocean Restaurant is now open for outdoor dining, which is great to hear. Their opening hours are Monday to Thursday, 4pm to 10.30pm, Friday and Saturday, 4.30pm to 11pm, and on Sunday, 1pm till 10pm. Now, the Clonmel Soup Kitchen, located at the railway station, are looking for food donations and would appreciate if you can donate anything at all. They're open every Tuesday evening between 5 and 7pm, Thursdays from 11am to 12pm, and Fridays from 9.30am to 12.30pm. Yoga Walks Island are having a yoga walk in Marleyfield Forest on Sunday the 18th of July at 10am. We spoke about this last week on the podcast. This is a two-hour relaxed walk consisting of mystical meditations, gentle yoga movements and a picnic. You don't have to do yoga to take part. Trust me, I'll be taking part in this. I know no yoga whatsoever, but I can't wait. The price is €20 and you can contact Caroline to book or get more information on this number. 087-122-0116. That's 087-122-0116. Also, have a look on the Yoga Walks Island Facebook page for more. Now, from yoga walking, we go to the Showground Shopping Centre here in town. And apologies to any kids listening right now because if you're on your summer holidays... The last thing you want now is people talking about school uniforms. But this has to be done because it's great value. M&S have 20% off school uniforms at the moment at the Showground Shopping Centre. Great, isn't it? Deals at the Showground Shopping Centre have a new balloon range in right now. And Name It Sale is currently on with up to 50% off. While you're there at the Showgrounds, have a look at the Cabinets of Curiosity on display for the Clonmel Junction Arts Festival. Fancy going to the cinema this week? Here's what's on at the IMC in Clonmel. New releases include Freaky with Vince Vaughan, For the Kids, Daisy Quokka, World's Scariest Animals, Dog Tanyon and the Musker Hounds, and still showing Fast and Furious 9, A Quiet Place 2, and Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. For more, go to imccinemas.ie. News now on the Hillview Flamingo Bingo. The snowball jackpot of a thousand euros was won last week. Well done, that person. It's now worth 500 euros. Eyes down on Monday, the 12th of July at 8 pm. Don't forget their Clonmel Lotto where you can win two grand. That's tomorrow, by the way, at 8 pm. For more details, go to the Hillview Sports Club Facebook page. Still to come, it's our Clonmel Wild Geese feature with Bianca Canan from Biancani Drive. But first, a brand new newspaper has been launched for South Tipperary. I've got it here. It's called the Premier South Tipperary News. The front page, with love, football clubs unite to remember kind-hearted Kevin. 
This was a football match where Wilderness Rovers took on Clonmel Town in a tribute to former player and member Kevin Duggan, who sadly passed away last May. Also inside the paper, a €20,000 worth of free advertising giveaway to local businesses to be won, which is nice. There's also a story in there about a young rower in Clonmel left shaken after objects thrown at her from the riverside, which is disgraceful. More on the Clonmel Junction Arts Festival. Entitlements and schemes you may not realise you're eligible to claim for. That's in there too. And a whole lot more. That's the Premier, a brand new newspaper for South Tipperary, available every two weeks in shops and also online. And best of luck to Jamie O'Flaherty and all the team with that. Oh, did I mention too, it's a free newspaper. This is a free newspaper. Love that idea. Okay, jobs this week. GameStop in town are looking to hire part-time staff, i.e. .indeed.com. Have all the details for you. Chagas and Carrageen are looking for administration staff. More details on jobalert.ie. Fieldmaster and Gurtner Fleur are looking to hire a part-time sales assistant. Check out their Facebook page for more details. Duns are looking to hire part-time sales assistants right across the country. Recruitisland.ie slash jobs have all the details there for you. Domino's in town, mmm, pizza, are looking for a delivery driver. More on jobalert.ie. Clonmel Child Care, looking to hire staff. More on their Facebook page. Abbott in town are looking to hire staff. Two cycle shifts, Monday to Friday, with a 12-month contract. More on ie.indeed.com. Glenpatrick Spring are looking to hire general operatives and forklift drivers. Training will be provided. Send your CV to sedwards at glenpatrick.com. Lions Takeaway, mmm, chips, are looking to hire staff ie.indeed.com has all the details for you. Just feeling quite hungry right now talking about food. And I was here today, Super Value, at the Poppy Fields are looking for the following. Checkout operator, a deli assistant and butcher's assistant. More on supervalue.ie slash careers and closing date is July the 21st. And finally, Tesco in Clonmel are looking for a part-time customer assistant. Full job details and how to apply on ie.indeed.com. If you would like to advertise a job on the Clonmel podcast, it's free of charge. Here's what you do. Just email theclonmelpodcast at gmail.com. Before we go to Bianca Canan, did you see this story during the week about a security firm they're allowing homeowners to borrow a burglar for a day to help them make their properties safe from criminals. Security firm Boundary, they're in Scotland, are hiring convicted burglars to attend properties and test the ways criminals might be able to gain entry. The ex-criminals, who it's assured are all reformed, will then explain what precautions the homeowners should be taking against would-be thieves. What do you make of that? You just might want to hide your valuables before they come round and check your house out. Brilliant story. All right, time for this week's interview, and it's our Clonmel's Wild Geese feature, where we check in with people who are now living away from town. This month, I caught up with Bianca Canan. The Clonmel Podcast. Bianca Canan, welcome to the Clonmel Podcast. 
Hello, Mark. Thank you so much for asking me on. I'm delighted. <laughs> this is all part of our Clonmel's Wild Geese feature where we speak to people who have moved away from Clonmel. Where, whereabouts are you in the world? I am in Lancashire in the UK, so near Preston, near not too far from Manchester. It's a nice part of the world, actually, where I am. There's lots of countryside and, you know, stuff like that that kind of reminds me of home, if I'm honest. Whereabouts in town are you from? I'm from Biancony Drive. That's where I grew up until I was 13 and then I moved over to London. You moved very young in life. Was this to do with the, the singing? It was, actually. It was my mother always said from when we were tiny, next year we're going to go to England. Next mm. year we're going to go to... And this is from when I was about three or four years of age. Yeah. You know, she had friends that were living in London or there around and she'd say they'd come home on a holiday and she'd see they were enjoying themselves and doing well and she'd go, right. Next year, we're moving to to England. Next year, we're going to move. And this went on until I was 13. And my brother and sister were old enough. They were working and, you know, finishing up high school and that. And and, and myself and my mother moved over. And we gave it a shot for six weeks. And we loved it. So we went home to tell everybody, we love it. So we're going to go and live there. So I finished high school in South London in Croydon. So What was that yeah. like? It must have been a bit of a transition. Brilliant. Girl from Clonmel coming I over to London. It. How was it? I Oh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was so different. Firstly, I went from the presentation conference, from the sisters to the prez, to a mixed boys and girls school in South London. That was raucous. It was absolutely raucous. The kids, some of the kids were raucous there. And you know, when you're being taught by the nuns and you have to behave yourself in a certain way, especially in those days, you did have to behave yourself, you know. Um, and uh, these kids were just running a market over in London at this school and I was just waiting for someone to get in trouble. The first couple of months I was there, I thought this is almost like a weird dream, you know, but I loved it. I, I only pined for home when I'd come home on a holiday and I'd see my friends and my family and I'd think, oh, I miss everyone. But I loved living in London. It was a great time to live in London. It was like 1990 onwards, you know. What part of London so, were you in, Bianca? I was in South London. I started off in South London in Thornton Heath and Croydon, then Norbury, Streatham, all kind of the South, you know, Brixton I lived in for a while. Um, and then I met my, oh no, then I moved up to West London when I once I started singing and I was working in studios there and um, my management was there, the record company were up there. So I just moved, it made sense for me to move up. I was a bit older then. How did the singing actually come about? Because I can remember your songs being played on local radio here in Clonmel. Yeah, well, I mean, the first kind of, my mother would tell the story, oh, she found that I could really sing when I was about four because she thought there was a radio playing upstairs, but it wasn't, it was me singing. She always tells that story to people when they say, how did you know Bianca could sing, you know? So it was an Elaine Page song, so it was a big song, and she was like, you're four years of age, where'd you get this voice from kind of thing. So that's where it started. And after that, I went to local to Mary Cummins, God rest her, all her shows. And I went to the, did the Choral Society stuff. And it just was a given that Bianca was going to sing. That's what I was always kind of aimed to do as I grew up. The adults supported it. Everyone supported it as I was growing up. I'm very lucky. I was never told to get a safe job, you know. Mm. Um, and then we moved to London because Mammy used to always say anyway that we were going to move over to England. But also she'd say, you know, you probably can only go so far here. Maybe in, in England, you'd have more opportunities as a singer. And I don't know. I mean, nowadays, I don't reckon that's true. I think there's probably an awful lot more opportunity in Ireland for certain things. But uh, musically, certainly anyway. But but we moved over here for that purpose. And I got signed when I was very young. So 
it kind of worked out how she wanted it to. <laughs> yeah, explain the signing, your, your first signing when you were signed up. Well, I it, it's a long story really, but to shorten it out because I do ramble sometimes. <laughs> um, um, I got signed by Warner, but initially I'd done Stars in the Rise and I, I had about four or five different offers from record company Sony and EMI and different things. And I worked with uh, the Pet Shop Boys and did something for EMI before I was properly signed to anyone. And it just worked out that the Warner PWL deal was better for me at the time. It made more sense and they wanted to invest a little bit more time in developing me. And, you know, it was, I mean, it was a different time then in the music industry, completely different. You know, they were willing to take on an artist and develop them properly and put the time and everything. I think nowadays people have to be polished and developed yeah. much, much more before anyone will invest the time or money in them, you know? Um, and there's, there's not so much of that about, really. They kind of want it ready-made. Uh, you mentioned but, uh, you mentioned stars in your eyes there as well. That this was back in nineteen ninety four, yes. wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. What was it Many like? What, what was that? You must have. <laughs> was that a nerve wracking experience doing that TV show? No, Mark. I never used to get nervous. Really, I never used to get nervous. I'd be consoling everyone else that was throwing <laughs> up and crying, and I'd be thinking, "Would you go away? I was, I was that like you know? Why are you doing it if you're so nervous? The only time I get nervous is if my if say if I had a cold or something, then I'd be thinking, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Typical, I get a second cold just <laughs> as I'm about to do this, you know. But um. And it was tonight, Matthew. Only... I'm going to be Mariah Carey, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, I went and came out through the smoke. It was brilliant. <laughs> I love stars in the eyes. And you know, the funniest thing was when I got signed to Warner and I was promoting the singles that were coming out and everything else. They'd say, um, now whatever you do, don't mention stars in their eyes in any of your radio interviews or TV interviews. And I used to think, I mean, I was very polite and I wouldn't have gone, don't you dare tell me what to do. Yeah. I would now, but yeah. in those days I wouldn't have done that. But I, I did think, well, hang on a minute. I wasn't signed. I didn't know anyone in the music industry. Do you know what I mean? So for me, doing Stars in the Rise was amazing. I loved the experience. They were really nice to me. It was my first ever taste of singing live on television for a start, you know, which is a big thing to do, you know. So I thought I didn't, I never liked that. And then I went to do an interview on Radio 1 with one of the DJs. And he sat back in the chair and he went, so Bianca live on air, stars in their eyes, tell us all. And I thought, well, now I have to talk about it. Of course it. you do, yeah. And I, I leaned forward and I said, I'm really glad you brought that up. It was brilliant. I loved it. And for a 17-year-old, getting that experience was amazing. And if I would do it again, I would do it. I thought, no, I'm, I'm not, you know, I am proud that I did stars in their eyes. And a lot of work came out of that. And, you know, one thing led to another with that. So. Here we are. And I think, no, I would never, you can't, you know, look down your nose at certain things like that, especially in those days. Getting signed up to the Pete Waterman record label. What was Pete Waterman like? He was lovely. Mad as a hatter. Did he show you his trains? work hard. Oh, yeah. He had train sets and everything in the studio. He does. does. I mean, it was like, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. Not massive, huge ones, but there was train, (laughs) memorabilia, paraphernalia, whatever you want to call it, everywhere as well as all the platinum discs and gold discs. And I mean, it was great. It was it was like stepping back in time, literally, no pun intended. <laughs> and when you went in there, because they got a new front entrance towards the end of me recording there, but before that, you used to have to go around the back to the studios. And it was down like a little, what they call a ginnel, but it's a laneway. Mm. They call it a ginnel over here. Mm. And, and you go down this kind of a laneway and all the walls are signed with millions of signatures of fans. We love you. Jason, no we love wow. you, Kylie. You know, 
So every day you'd be going into work reading rain, hail, snow, you know, sun, all these signs on the wall. You'd be thinking, wow, it's hopefully it'll stay there for a few years, you know, because it was an iconic time, I suppose, for, for that type of music and in the music industry here in the UK, definitely, you know. And how long were you with but, that record label for? I was with them just under five years. Wow. Four and a bit, yeah, just over four, actually, more less, yeah, more or less, just over four, I'd say, is more accurate. There was a lot of politics. Yeah, I was about but to ask that, was it? I really it? enjoyed mm. I got to do two fantastic tours and loads of TV stuff and, you know, stuff that, I mean, by the time I was 19, 20, I'd done so much, you know. Um, I'm, sure you must have pinched, I'm sure you must have pinched yourself at this stage. I mean, obviously you worked with a lot of famous acts too, Bianca. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. It's now looking back that I think, wow, you did do quite a bit very young you know but I was so laid back and I took everything in my stride and I just showed up and did the job and you know that's how I was very actually for how young I was I was very um very um not pragmatic but you know I kind of just went and very down to earth I suppose you'd call it just went and did I didn't get carried away with anything and I met lots of very famous people and Come on, it, it name, name, name a few, Bianca. Who, who did you, who did oh, you well, rub listen, shoulders I'm not with? I'm to say that at the convention in Dublin one time I was <laughs> running my fingers through um, uh, Brian May's hair and saying, oh, I thought you wore a wig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say I did that. That's a lot of hair. I'm not going to say that I told one of the Spice Girls at the Smash Hits after party that she used to be my favourite Spice Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say. I mean, that you know, that might have happened. It's I'm not great. It it's lovely. Did. It's lovely hearing those sort of stories. <laughs> yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to laugh when I think of them. You know. And you mentioned but, the Pet Shop um, yeah, Boys as well. Yeah, the Pet Shop Boys were lovely. They were really nice. I went and recorded. As well, I went actually and had a meeting with one of them in one of their beautiful houses in the middle of the countryside somewhere. It was amazing. It's the first time I'd ever seen one of those big outdoor covered swimming pools. So they had it like, you know, the Eden Project. Yeah. There was this dome over this swimming pool. I suppose to keep the temperature nice, you could swim in the middle of winter if you wanted to. You and know? I remember thinking, well, this is really how the other half lives. But, Do you know, you know who has a swimming pool in Clonmel? <laughs> who? Do you know who has a swimming pool in Clonmel? Any ideas? No. Hmm? No, who? In- indoor heated pool. Who has one of those? Richie Strang down at Waterford Road. You are joking me. Yeah, Richie has Well, one. the next time I come home now, <laughs> I'll have to learn how to swim properly first, of course. <laughs> or I can just sit by the side and have an old whiskey or something. <laughs> and listen, you are you are still performing, which is, is great to hear, and, and recording yes, as well. I'm, I know you're in studio right now, and it's, it's, it's great I'm to give us... I'm in the studio now. I'm doing a load. I'm busier, it seems. Mm. As I'm getting older, I'm getting busier. And the focus is not just solely on... What I'm doing, it's it's my collaborations with other people in all genres of music, which I absolutely love. And I'm so glad that I'm not tied down to doing one thing. You know, yeah. I do all different. I'm also session singing, which is brilliant because it's bread and butter and it's something that you can do from home. Um, even, you know, during this mad, crazy couple of years that everyone's had, because I know a lot of musicians who are solely gigging musicians and they've literally just had nothing. Whereas I can do voiceovers or I can record sessions for people and send them the stems online and, you know, all the vocal parts online. Um, and I do that. I do vocal coaching. I'm involved in helping some people with some production at the minute. So it's lots of different things 
which I'm really pleased about because you're never bored then, you know. And, and it's not so, as the kids call it, Becky Mitchell, when you're just <laughs> releasing one thing and you're like, buy me, buy me, play me, like me. You know, it's not just one thing. There's 50 different things going on, which I love. I get bored very easily as well. I really, I've realised that as I've gotten older. <laughs> Do you get to come home at all much? I mean, obviously pre-coronavirus. Did you get to come home well, at all? Well, actually, the last time I was home was, I came home 2019 mm. um, because my dad was poorly and he was getting better, but then sadly he passed away. Sorry to hear that. Um, uh, it was it was sad at the time. Mm. And, and I think it's 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 fine now in a way, but then as time goes on, it's like when you lose anyone, yeah. you just miss them. All of a sudden, you'll just think, well, you know, I won't actually physically get to hug them in this world again, you know, or... Yeah just sit and have a chat and see their twinkly eyes or just the silly things that you think of that make you, I don't know, that that kind of space in your heart hurt when somebody goes, you know. But sure, I was there anyway when you went, which was huge. It was a huge deal to me. You know, I'm so glad I was. And and then obviously his funeral and, and that was it. That was the last time I was home. So hopefully <laughs> all been well in the next, I don't know, 12 months. I'm hoping to come home. Again, I mean, you, you've you been know. gone. You've been gone a good while, as you said. You left. You were you were thirteen years of age, and yeah. even, even uh, previous to coming in twenty nineteen, did you get home before that at all? Would you make it kind of like a, a once a year I trip? I used to. Yeah, I used to come home three, four times a year, and then once I had my own children. At first, when they were small, before they started school, I'd come home all the time with them as babies, and mm. then once they started school, my husband then. He he works in television, so we don't always, there's like one holiday a year, yeah. you know? So, and it's difficult. If we go as a family, then it's fine because we can both look after two small children, you know? Otherwise, it's not a holiday, it's stressful. So we ended up just going locally to, on one holiday a year <laughs> as a family. So it would be somewhere nearby so my husband could get back to work in an emergency if he needed to, you know? So that's kind of put us off. But now the boys are older, it's like, and I drive now, which I didn't do when they were small. So the thought of just driving to the ferry and hopping on and having the car while I'm at home then oh, the old, appeals to me so much because you just have that yeah, freedom. You know? the, old, the old ferry so journey. Is, <laughs> oh, I don't mind. I don't listen. I used oh. to do it on the coach and the ferry. Do you remember Slattery's? <laughs> do you remember Slattery's coach? I remember Slattery's coach. Listen, I remember wanting my vivid memory of that coach trip one time. My mother, it was my first ever journey home from London, from Victoria Station on my own on the coach. I think it was 15. Yeah. And I was a responsible 15. I wasn't an idiot. And if I was, I didn't get caught. But that's another story. <laughs> um, my mother was so paranoid about anything happening to me. She asked this elderly lady that was sat next to me, if could you please keep an eye on my daughter? This is her first solo journey home. And the woman was like, I will, of course, I will, I will. Well, this woman she fell asleep on my shoulder snoring all the way through I was looking after her we got on the ferry I got a fry up I asked her if she wanted anything you know at politeness no thanks love and then when I had my food she's leaning over eating me mushrooms and me <laughs> bits of egg off me plate she was a character and a half I said to me mother listen the next time you want someone to look after me I'll pick him <laughs> this woman was hilarious you could, it was like a candid camera thing you know someone's going to jump out and go ah we gotcha <laughs> it was it was one of those it was a terrible journey though wasn't it on that on that coach it really was you used to be wrecked oh, when, you, was, when you're driving yeah, Clonmel you'd be wrecked <laughs> oh you would be wrecked you put years on you it would literally put years on you. you'd have to sleep for a couple of days but of course you'd get home and especially once you got older everyone would be like yay you're home come on we're going out we're going to see this one and we're going to see that one and you have to I told this one you'd pop up and see him and you're like Hang on a minute. Okay, let me breathe for a second. Or you'd be wrecked. You'd get back to England and you'd need another uh, another holiday just to catch up with yourself, you know. 
It's always worth it, though. What do you What do you miss, always Bianca, about being away? What do you miss about the town? <laughs> oh, I miss. I just miss the Clonmel kind of attitude. You know, the mm. the good crack and the people not taking themselves too seriously, and and the being able to chat to anyone. You know, just randomly a conversation to people because I still do that over here. My husband. I mean, he's Scottish born. Yeah. He grew up in, in Leyland in the UK and in, in England. And he says to me, you're always talking to everyone. I grew up in this town and you know more people than I do. I said, that's because I give people the time of day. The worst thing you can do to me is look at me and smile because I'll start a conversation with you, you know. But that's what I miss. I miss that about Clownmel. People will just chat to you like they've known you all their lives. The only thing I, I get a bit worried about is sometimes people will know me but I won't know them because I've been away so long or they might know mammy or they'll know my family obviously because they're all still there you know and and it's like they'll chat away well Bianca how are you and I'm looking thinking <laughs> I don't know your name and I'm not being rude I'm just I, I just just don't know and it's as simple as that but you know but I do miss that I definitely miss that and I miss the food <laughs> can't beat it I can miss you the gorge- just the good food at home. A decent cup of tea. <laughs> Come, and a bit of grinder bread. <laughs> oh, grinder, hickey grinder. Oh, other grinders are available. <laughs> Can you get those over there? Can. No, you no. can't. I mean, there's some really good bakeries. And, and where I live in Lancashire, it's still quite old school. You know, mm. that's why we end up living here with the boys. Yeah. Because it is that little bit more old school than London was, or we lived in Essex for a while, we lived in Brighton, and we decided we'd come up north because it's just that little bit more like how we grew up, you know, at home. So, Similar weather as well, isn't it, it, up north? Oh, well, yeah. It, it is. It's, it's similar weather, it's isn't it? It's beautiful now. Yeah. Today is absolutely... And same as here in Clonmel. It's gorgeous. Cracking the, flag. <laughs> the sun is cracking the flag today, lad. But, but it's usually... I love usually that Lancashire accent. Quite. It's usually... Yeah, it's gorgeous, isn't it? I love the Northern English accent. I think it's fabulous. The Lancashire. Any plans, do you think, in the future, Bianca, to, to move back home? Could you ever see that happening? I, do you know what? I dream about living in the middle of nowhere with my little plot of land and my few outbuildings done as a studio to either use myself or people can come and stay for a week or a month and just hire the studio out and kind of semi live there and just chill out and make music. That's my dream. And whether that's at home, which I could, you know, I could see that happening if the circumstances were right or I created them to be so, or over here in the lakes or in the highlands of Scotland somewhere that appeals to me as I'm getting older, you know, Mm. but, uh, yeah, we'll see. You it's, never know. Nobody knows. After this last couple of years, we, it's the biggest lesson of nobody knows that we've ever had. <laughs> you just don't know what's around the corner. Do you have a favourite part or place in Clonmel? I have lots of favourite places, but one of my main favourite places is definitely St. Patrick's Well. I love that walk. I love Marleyfield. All that area, just it's gorgeous. You can feel how old it is just walking down the road there, you know. Do you wash Beautiful. your feet in the well? Oh, well, the last time I was there, a man offered me a shot of well water. <laughs> he had really? shot glasses in his pocket. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm grand thanks today. I'm fine, but I might come back another day. <laughs> I might need a shot of well water. I just thought, no, I need to be up to date with me. Jabs, you don't know what's in water these days, do you? Mind you, it's fairly clear out there, isn't it? I was talking to uh, David Fannery. He's a guy who, who looks after the, the well there. He's right. on a previous podcast. And he was just saying the amount of people who do take the water home and, and drink the water. It's supposed to be very, very good for you. Wow. 
you know, oh, I might as healing properties. Yeah, honestly. And people do actually, mm-hmm. you know, wash their feet with the water. I don't know if they do it in the well, but I think they take the water home, put it in a basin yeah, and because, wash their feet. Hang on a minute. Wash your feet in the water. Would you like a shot of the water? Well, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. He's got bunions. She's got athlete's foot. <laughs> but they're gone the next day. Because of the magic water. Yeah, it's miraculous. It's like Clonmel's knock, isn't it? It is. It really is, you know. <laughs> the pilgrimage to St. Paddy's Well, I love it. <laughs> There's a, an idea right there. We should get on that. The, the pilgrimage to St. Paddy's Well. I love it. Oh, listen, sign me up. Where's my sign? Take my money. <laughs> well, do you know what? It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Oh, thank you, my darling. I'm delighted you asked me to do what I love, anything to do with home. It's always a yes, if I can manage it. I'm really sorry about my technical difficulties earlier. Yeah, we did have some technical <laughs> difficulties before we got we got through, but we made it in the end, thank goodness. We did, we did. We always get there in the end. That's Bianca the drives, <laughs> Bianca Canan. Thank you so much. Woohoo! Thanks, thank Bianca. Thank you, Mark. Thanks a million. Take care, love. Bye-bye. The Clumbell Podcast. Thank you, Bianca. So there we have it, episode 45, done and dusted of the Clonmel Podcast this week. Can you believe this, right? Next month, August, the Clonmel podcast will be one year old. It's our first birthday, and to celebrate, I'll have a giveaway a week for the month of August just to say thank you to you for listening. It means so much. In the meantime, do follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and tell your family and friends about the Clonmel podcast. If you'd like to get in contact, could be just a mention on the podcast for somebody, a birthday, or some other celebration, you can email Podcast at gmail.com. Until next week, stay safe, look after one another, and enjoy your week. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Produced by West 10 Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast.